Hey, hey, welcome to the Friday Night Life Podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kareen Stevens. Now, babe, hit that pregame music button. Welcome to the Friday Night Life Podcast with your hosts and veteran high school football coaching couple, Chris and Kareen Stevens. Whether you're in your first year or 50th year of coaching, you are in for a positive and uplifting experience. It's time to huddle up and get an all-access pass to the lives of coaches, their spouses, and their crazy Friday night lives. And now let's kick it off with your hosts, Chris and Kareen Stevens. Building a championship culture in a high school football program is a team sport. It takes buy-in from everyone from the coaching staff, the boosters, the athletes, the community, and most importantly, the home front. When all those pieces connect, it makes for a championship program. Today, we get to hear from a four-time CIF championship winning coach and his wife on how they build this championship culture together. It's not always easy and it takes time. And today, Josh and Amy Henderson share with us their secrets to success. Every school Coach Henderson and his wife have belonged to has been successful, but none more than his current school, Grace Brethren. They came in 2010 and they have built this powerhouse program from the ground up taking the school from Division 12 all the way to Division 3, and in the last three years, winning a CIF title in 2017 and California State runner-up, a CIF title in 2018 and California State champions, and a CIF Southern Section finalist. An overall record in the last three years of 39-7, and and they are not done yet. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh and Amy Henderson. Hey, welcome back to the Friday Night Life. This is your host, Chris and Kareen Stevens, and we have a very, very special guest with us today, very near and dear to our hearts, uh, head coach Josh Henderson at Grace Brother High School and his lovely wife, Amy. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Coach, thank you so much for having us. Kareen, thank you so much for having us. We love what you guys are about. We love what you're doing and look forward to... uh, you know, getting together and talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And during this time, if we can see face to face without being face to face, we'll take it right. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it digitally. And as long as we can, uh, during this crazy quarantine period, but, uh, we're just going to dive right in guys. We want to, we want to get your story. Um, you know, we're, we're here to just hear about the Hendersons and faith, family and football and all this stuff in between. So as we kick off guys, why don't you share a little bit about how the Henderson family came to be, uh, Amy, start us off. How did how did you and Josh meet? Well, we were both at um, APU. I was a sophomore, and he had just come back as a junior. And um, it started on the football field. So my sister and I, uh, school hadn't even started yet. It was still late, late summer, and we had just got there. We're like, hey, let's go check out a football practice, you know, see what's going on. So we were sitting in the stands and um, just, you know, enjoying the, the show. And... Uh, <laughs> Josh ran off the field and took off his helmet, and I was like, wow, like, that's that's him, you know? So, And so I kind of was crushing on him from afar a little bit, and we were, you know, trying to meet up at campus at the right times to, to run into them and his friends. So um, turns out that my sister actually started dating one of his friends and set us up on a double date. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, we hit it off right away. Um, I loved his his passion, his enthusiasm. I mean, incredible energy. 
and then we really just um, hit it off, just having fun together. But we really connected like on a faith values level, um, and so we were together ever since. So we dated for all the way through college, a uh, year after, uh, and then got engaged and were married three months later. And then we had um, found out we were pregnant uh, one on our one year anniversary, had three kids in three years, and wow. then waited eight years and had two more. That's, so we, uh, that's about as close to having triplets as you can get. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we're not quite triplets. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, it's great. So short engagement, three-month engagement. You guys yeah. just, it just, you just know, right? You just kind of knew that you knew this was meant to be. We had dated for a long time. So we're like, you know what? If we're going to do it, we had to do it either before football season or after football season. So he said, we're going to do it before. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I was head over heels from the beginning. I don't know if I shared this with you guys before, but I was trying, you know, I was filling out probably in the first six months, you know, we wouldn't have had a long dating period if it was purely up to me. <laughs> so I knew Amy was the one really just a few months in, um, again, so many, I mean, she was, she was, you know, gorgeous. We had a great time together. We were just, a, just an outstanding fit. Her family was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I could just. I could see it coming together. Very thankful. And then we end up working together at Ambassador Christian. And just, it's, it's been a great adventure. It mm. has. So. I love that. And you guys didn't know that. I mean, you ended up at the same, you met in college, but did you know you were going to end up at the same school there? Or that just, that was just a God thing? No, I followed him. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled her in. I pulled her in. Yeah. No, we wanted to stay together. So he got a job there. So I was kind of looking in the area and they offered me a job. So I took it. Perfect. Oh, I like it. Perfect. Yeah. I trapped her. <laughs> I mean, there's nowhere to go. Close the doors <laughs> and let's, yeah, don't let her out. Absolutely. That's great. Well, <clears throat> and, and so now married, uh, three kids and three, take us, take us through your, your lovely children yeah. um, and kind of where they're at and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, Joshua's our oldest. Uh, he just graduated high school. He's off to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo to play football. So we're really excited about that. Yes. Um, our Abby is next, and she's going to be a senior this year. Uh, William is going to be a sophomore. And then we have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, uh, Luke and Ava. So those are our littles, the bigs and the littles. The yes. <laughs> and funny. I'll tell you, they're just they're, they're amazing Amazing kids. You, you guys know that. You got to see Josh play and Will play, but Abby's <clears throat> such an achiever, um, soccer player. I, I mean, really all-around go-getter. William's coming into his own, and uh, just an amazing young man, really. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so thankful, and I'm thankful for this Grace Brethren era. Mm -hmm. I mean, Josh loved Aquinas. He grew up in that locker room. Even though he was young, it meant so much to him. I'm thankful we got to play there this year. Yeah. But – Really, the rest of them have been Grace Brethren lifers. So it's been a really cool community experience. And I'm more and more thankful every day for the other people, just the community and, and the way people have fed into them and mentored them, the role models. So, so again, it's it's um, something I'm very thankful for. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. When you, you know, All your kids mm -hmm. have gone through Grace Brethren, and that's that's awesome, right? Mm -hmm. When when you got there, how old, so how old was Josh when you got there? How old was, was your oldest when you guys got to... Grace Brethren. Josh was in, we, Josh came in in first grade. Okay. And so, you know, eight years old. Okay. He, I mean, here's the amazing thing. We moved to Simi Valley and I was coaching at LAB in the Valley. So, so it wasn't real close. We loved the community. 
we drove by a football practice and we looked out and Brandon Wendell, a young man was helping me start the program. We would play for me at Aquinas. He was kind of staying with me and Josh was in the car. William was in the car. And I looked over and I said, those kids look your age. He said, don't stop. I said, we're stopping. We got out, walked out of that youth football practice. <laughs> he knew you were stopping. He just he knew you were going to stop, yeah. right? <laughs> that was at Grace Brethren campus. Wow. And it was the first time I ever stepped foot on that campus. Okay. And a majority of kids on that team end up being our state championship football team. At the time, uh, awesome. it was Terry Gorley and um, uh, Mike Dobbs, the head coaches. But long story short, Mike Dobbs' son is now our AD Terry Gorley's son and Josh are best friends, and he was the coach before I was the coach at Grace Brethren. So, so again, it was just amazing the way it all came together. Awesome, man. Uh, it's great. Well, that then that's a great segue, Josh. Mm-hmm. Now back into uh, your timeline. So, love the story about the family, the mm-hmm. Henderson Five. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so now, Josh, as we look back on your career, you guys coming from APU, graduating from APU, uh, just take us through a quick. Uh, timeline of your uh, your your first program when you got well I should say not your first program but your first job as a coach how that came to be and then just timeline us all the way up till right now as you are the head coach at Grace Brethren well and I might reach back because I, I yes you know just kind of reaching back football has been such a big deal in my life and APU was amazing too but um, you know honestly I wanted to share my family influences from the beginning we're just so strong in competitive nature, loving the game of football, just having a joy for playing the game. And, and growing up through Fontana Pop Warner and, and, and really a very proud and tradition story program, you know, and that going into APU, you know, just, just so thankful for all those things. And then leaving APU, um, we, we went back to, I went back to Fontana and really was considering taking a pathway of youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that took a turn when, when I was mentoring a few guys, David and Eugene Glotteman, still dear to my heart. Um, their football coach stepped out, took another job. He went to Rubido High School at Ambassador Christian, and they offered me the position as head coach. Um, and my father and some other close people influenced me to take in that job at Ambassador. And the time from Ambassador, two years there, through Aquinas, that went from 98, uh, 1998. I just left coaching at Azusa Pacific for one year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that spanned all the way to 2008 through going through Aquinas. And, and then from there, we went one year at um, LA Baptist when we moved here and then started the program at Grace Brethren. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a tremendous growing journey. And, um, you know, did you want me to get more in depth about each program? Yeah, I mean, we, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about kind of the the culture piece because I think that's that's what I think coaches uh, definitely want to hear. And then Amy, we'll we'll talk about you know what that looks like on your end as well. Because Josh, I I I consider you a very close and dear friend, and I know following your career that everywhere you've been, if it's been like the Midas touch, right? I mean, you have done such a great job with every program that you've been in and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, each, and, and you've probably grown as a coach from those ambassador years all the way up till now, you've learned things along the way. But the one thing that I want, <clears throat> I want coaches and coaches' wives, <clears throat> excuse me, to take away from this um, 
is just that. I think you're an expert at building culture. I think I really do, and I, and I think anybody that would glean from this uh, would would see that. Even if they just saw, you know, the, the records, they would know that you're a championship coach. But what they don't see, and what I think our coaches need to hear, and coaches' wives need to hear, is the behind the scenes and what you do to get to those championships. So yeah, let's let's start with the culture piece from ambassador how did you start building that program in just the two years that you were there and then transition into aquinas and then on as you go okay um and i want to kind of mention as i mentioned so i think there's some some past factors like building into this family influence both my grand i mean my grandfather was a preacher my dad's a preacher Uh, my catholic side my grandparents were extremely loving so i I really feel like that that had a big part. They were both men on a mission. You know, my grandfather uh, was a, a, a had a block business, James East Masonry. All my uncles on my mom's side were in business and kind of self-drivers and making things happen, kind of living the American dream, I guess you could say. Then on my dad's side was a very strong passion to follow Christ, evangelize, and a strong calling to, to really preach, very missional calling. Mm. My experience in youth football, you know, and, and what I learned and how big a part that was in my life and what Dick Bruick and Fontana had created. People don't realize what that program was in the 80s and 90s. It was really a mecca. It was a powerhouse. It, yeah, it really was. And yeah. it started when you were seven and eight years old. Mm-hmm. And and it was challenging. It was fun. You know, that's where I fit in. That's where I found friends. That was my fit. That's where I had affirmation. That's where coaches were guiding me and mentoring me. So football became a very big part of my life. Um, Also overcoming adversity in junior high school, which was ninth grade, which is high school now, I went through a a pretty major injury that put me down for, I I missed that season. And it really hindered me through high school because I had a rod put in my leg and a few Mm -hmm. surgeries. But again, challenges to overcome. Um, You know, Coach Bruick, when I went into high school, again, I was dealing with an injury, and it was a uh, very competitive situation. And I, I wanted to mention Coach Brooke because not only was an expert and master program builder and coach, but he really believed in me. Mm. He seemed to pick guys out that he really knew could lead. Mm-hmm. And I think I had become a very good football player, but my step to becoming a leader and really have a conviction about leading started at Fontana High School when Coach Brooke I remember I was doing, we were doing sit-ups, and he said, Josh Henderson's going to be the next all-CF linebacker and leader of this team. And I was more surprised. While you guys are working out, like while you're while you're, <laughs> Yeah, we're getting doing out. a workout, and he's yelling at guys, and he says that not asking anyone's permission. There's right. so much authority yeah. that when he said it to us, it was done. Yeah. And it's done in heaven on earth. It was done. Like, that's the way it was. Into fruition. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it was like that because when he opened that door, you know, he spoke with so much truth and conviction that it's because it was going to happen. So there were a lot of moments through my high school time. Joey Mariani, who's now the defensive coordinator at University of Redlands. Yes. Joey, Joey came in my senior year and gave me a huge burst of affirmation and believed in me. And, you know, I had a fantastic family, but I think every kid needs those those, you know, external men to come in and affirm them, affirm them. Then APU, I get to play with you for some great coaches and, <laughs> and Coach Milhan in 93. Yes. I leave APU to Valley, but when I came back, I really had a renewed faith 
and I, I was around some extraordinary men. Vic Sheely, I love that man. The opportunity he gave me, the Christian model that he gave me of the program, and I was old enough to receive it, hmm. you know, um, and mature enough. Coach Bo Beatty, which you know, he's kind of the staple yes. of APU. Yes. He's been there through so many coaches. He played with both of us. Yes. They're going to have to name something after that guy. I don't know what. Maybe the, I, I think so. Maybe just the know, weights. He and the, I the almost fought on the field. We almost fought. We were roommates. Yes. But we loved each other, and we loved God. Yes. And, and it was really opened a new door. Of course, meeting Amy is the high point of my experience there. But another man I'm going to tell you touched my life and influenced my coaching was Gary Connect. Mm -hmm. Because without Coach Connect, to be honest with you, I don't graduate college. Mm. He was so invested because Coach Sheely, um, he Coach Sheely moved on. Coach Connect stayed invested in my life when I was coaching. He stayed connected. As a matter of fact, he called me yesterday, worried about a community member here who has lost her husband. Mm. And and I mean just advising me to make sure I'm going the extra mile to, to counsel her. And, you know, and, and he's just a lovely person and probably the coach did it again. So, so my story is a story of people going the extra mile for me, mm -hmm. investing in me. And even times when I went off the path mm -hmm. and I'll tell you that really impacts how I fight for kids today mm -hmm. and why I have the passion when everybody says, we don't know about this kid, and I'm going, let's give him a chance. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's just give this kid a chance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Give me a chance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and, that, and that rescinds from you as the leader of a mm -hmm. program, and your kids feel that. Mm -hmm. Whether they know your story or not, whether they know all of what you just said or not, Josh, that is, that's coming from a deep place inside your heart uh, because of your testimony. And there's a lot of guys that will thrive uh, one of two ways, like you, with people breathing into you, or the other way where they didn't have anybody breathing into them and they had to fight on their own and make it on their own and they have great testimonies. But it seems to me like you have a testimony of men constantly feeding into you, pulling you out and making sure that you are staying on the right path and, and doing what it is. And now that's translated into your coaching style uh, with your programs. And that's, that's an absolutely. awesome testimony. And absolutely. And when I start with culture, because of that, because I really, when I say I wandered off the path, I did more than my fair share of wandering off the path. Mm -hmm. and, and because of, again, those men, and obviously God working in my heart and mind, the whole work of the Holy Spirit and God himself calling me. The first part of the culture that I would say means so much is that I really believe I have a calling to do this. Mm -hmm. I, I think vocationally, God's called me to lead. And that's why I brought up that piece about Dick Brooke in high school. Yes. Football is the platform, and it's where I gained expertise, and I have knowledge, and I've been able to watch mentors and masters and take from them and then add my flavor to that as times went on. But I think, you know, talking about building culture, I, I you know, there's often that I wish I was just a position coach. Mm. I really think, though, to be the head coach, someone needs to start with a deep calling mm -hmm. to lead, mm -hmm. develop, and grow men. And let me tell you, I I love the work that God's done through me, and I also have my regrets. But that calling, that's that's the first step. Um, calling to lead, I really believe that God, I really believe God wanted me to be a change agent, you know, the, mm -hmm. you, you know and, and be a person who was there to create change in young men's life, to create new awareness of God, of morality, of, of really understanding the pathways that they can take to become more 
Um, cause I had, again, I experienced radical change yeah. and that's something you want to pass on. Mm-hmm. I think the second thing I would say is that God has blessed me as Amy mentioned and, and watching my grandfather preach and my father pe- preach. My grandfather was a Baptist preacher, um, before they went to the Pentecostal movement, but both of those movements, I'll tell you, they were passionate men. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that I've been able to share the higher calling that the kids who've been able to play for us. And, and I shouldn't say just I, because I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk about what I think you have to have to be successful. But that calling that starts with the leader through the assistant coaches down through the kids, the kids believe that they know we're not just here to win football games. Yeah. Now, they know winning games is very important to me. I'm not going to shy away from that. That's a big deal to me yes. because I'm so highly competitive. Um but the, the higher purpose, and for, for, for me, I mean, obviously following Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel. We have a missional side. If I said, what's the purpose? I would say definitely sharing the gospel, building character, mm. and winning championships. That's that's the mission. Um, really ha- having a vision, especially moving into grace, mm. being more aware of my vision, not only to impact a football team, but to impact an entire community. Yeah. At Ambassador, we impacted the community. At Aquinas, I learned more about community because they already had community. Mm-hmm. That school had been around. Some of the men that came around me, um, you know, Mike Scafidi, Mike Bruiser, just two guys who came around me that were older. They shared, supported, mm-hmm. and, you know, they could have nitpicked because yeah. they were older and probably better leaders, but they – a lot of the guys there, Randy Adams, who's now the principal at Servite, mm. actually he's the headmaster at Servite. Okay. They, those guys all supported me in spite of my flaws. They believed in the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, next, I would say, and I am going to get to some real details about what we do internally, but I wanted to lay the groundwork because to me, this is more important. Mm-hmm. If you don't have this, I don't care you know, what techniques, what skills – you know, even what, what, you know, leadership, whatever, it right. doesn't matter. Hey, I, you got to have it. And I think it comes deep down. And I do believe most coaches have that, but I think as you move to that head coach, that calling is important. Absolutely. Um, and I yeah. think Josh, real quick, I think that's what coaches are missing. They want, they want the tangibles, right? They want the things you can touch, see, they want it on paper. They want to be able to direct an event or events that bring community together. But I think what a lot of coaches need to do is self-evaluate of why they're doing it. Right. And that's what, and everything you just said was perfect. Like that's what I'm, we're trying to get at is the heart of the, of the issue of why you are who you are and how you build your culture. It doesn't just start from hearing something at a clinic and then going trying to put it into play. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we, we could sit here and talk about parenting. You guys have five children. We have three. We can get a book and read a book, but if it's not here, it's not going to translate. Right. Right. And so, yeah, continue, Josh. I mean, that was, yeah, that was, so that was no, I perfect. I love that. Yeah. And, and, you know, having mentors around to keep that pure, because I'll be honest, I think I've had mission drift. That mm-hmm. I have seasons that I don't feel like I was as focused on the right things. Not that that season was a waste, but, you know, that competing values and mission drift. And I'm much more aware now to build a team that can help me keep awareness you know, and, and speak into my life and, and really, you know, one of my themes right now is health over growth. It, mm. it, it's going to stay healthy because, you know, the ambition's there. 
Mm-hmm. But but moving on with the culture, I think the next thing that's been important to 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 me, and I need to say us, because let me tell you, you know Jeff McCarthy. Yes. He was coaching with Dick Brewer. I go to Ambassador Christian in '98. Without Jeff McCarthy, I'm not the coach I am today. Mm. He leaves Coach Brewer. He actually knows a lot more about building a high school program than me. Yeah, I just came from college, but he's been a a pillar in my life, and we're really two guys who have shared this journey together. Mm. Um, I tell you, we butted heads a lot. He's quit my staff a couple times and come back around because we've had conflict, but you know, that's how you build. That's you're, how you build. You're right. brothers. <laughs> yeah, brothers, brothers, you fight, you hug, you hug it out and keep moving. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just to hit on the coaching staff, it's like, what does it take? I think there's just three things I wanted to hit on and then I'm going to keep going on culture. You have, you know, as you do a strategic plan, you have to be in a place that's going to, you know, that's going to pay you. I'm a private school coach, you know, public school. Everybody's got to be in a place that's healthy for their family. Right. And there has come times in my, my, our time where we felt like it wasn't ha- healthy Yes, and I need, I needed to learn to be, you know, loyal to my family before my profession. Yes. That was a hard lesson, and I learned that lesson. The second thing is you have to be able to get players mm-hmm. wherever you are. But maybe as or more important, but than both of those is you have to be able to get coaches. Mm-hmm. So I think just prerequisites. You're talking about building culture. Well, you have to be taken care of in a fair way. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to build a coaching staff. That's a good point. If admin or leadership's not going to build to help you build a coaching staff, mm-hmm. it's going to be a hard journey. And so there's some great, fantastic men and coaches out there that are not in the best situation. They can't build a staff. You know, what are the veins that you're going to be able to get players through? We all have those things. And so those are very important. And I didn't really realize all these things, again, until I got older. But, you know, next I want to talk about in terms of building culture. So, you know, the call, higher purpose, driving values into the team. This becomes very practical, especially when I started Grace. I've always had strong values. And I would say for me, again, discipline has always been a premium. Mm. Toughness, hard work, no excuses, and humility. Yeah. Like I I can't handle an excuse because I I just never played that way. I can't handle a selfish attitude. I've learned now more to temper myself to be able to bring kids from where they are to where I want them to be. But I've had – you know, those were things that I was taught were almost like at the Fontana culture. These were non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. These were not, hey, we're going to help you. They, You know, we had 200 guys coming out for the varsity team, and we'll work out till 20 kids weren't there the first day. Yeah. Now, with my calling, that's not necessarily how I built our programs. But at the same time, I've learned to have more empathy, but never make an excuse to know those are the standards. So... Having our values at Grace, um, I had a little more of a vision to go, we're going to build a program with the values of faith, which is who we are, loyalty. And and that's really how we define it, performance. It's what we do. You know, you're only loyal if you show up and perform. Just showing up is not loyalty. Right, right. And then sacrifice being able to put your dream under the team's dream, Mm. to really recognize that, there's some self-denial, and that's a Christian value taught from Jesus Christ and modeled by him. Mm-hmm. So we have other values, but that, I guess you could say, is our creed. Mm-hmm. Um, once those things, I, I guess, like I said, the strategic plan, the roadmap, 
are in place. Then moving into the practical stuff, um, and feel free to, to, to you know, mm-hmm. jump in. I know you mm-hmm. would, but yeah. we break it up kind of like this, the off-season, summer, camp week, and then the season. And so one of the things that, that I learned from Coach Brooke in terms of high school and the Fontana program, you know, for us, the off-season is a time that kids have to be achieving. Everybody can achieve in the weight room. It's a time that builds confidence, and it's really a huge bonding time. So with our coaching staff and myself, that's a target. We want kids to be very successful in the offseason. We're giving shirts out. We're recognizing guys for personal records because that really matters. Those are stepping stones. We feel like if a kid's in the 1,000-pound club, he can be on the field. I don't care what position you play. If you're not in a 1,000-pound club, you have a hard time being on the field, especially at the level we are right now. Wide receiver, get in a 1,000-pound club, we'll talk. And what's your your, – thousand pound club consists of what lifts we go bench squat clean and push jerk yep so i know a lot of guys go bench squatting um deadlift but we have clean and push jerk because we feel like that helps the more ballistic athletes yep be able to hit that thousand pound club a lot of our linemen and even inside backer tight end type guys we want them in 1200 pound club mm-hmm. but that thousand pound club's a mark that we feel like a dedicated Good genetics, honestly. You need, you know, strong genetic wide receiver. Like this year, Nate Bennett, thousand pound club. Mm. You know, and he he's going out to play uh, Portland State. I, actually, he's twelve hundred pound club. Outstanding. But, so so again, it's it's we feel like that's a club. If you work out for three years and you dedicate yourself, you should be in that club. Yeah. And and some guys have dedicated, and unfortunately, their genetics they haven't got in. But I think those guys, we also make sure that those guys know they're valued and respected and try to reward them in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. But again, building relationships. And there's been years where we've even done team camps where we've went up um, Alpine camp or somewhere like that. To When I felt like I've strained a lot of relationships and I need to do repair myself, we've done things like that because I can tend to do that. Then summer, um, summer we do again, based on our full high model, our summer workouts, the kids know that we're not, the coaches aren't posturing themselves as your friends. Mm-hmm. You're showing up to be coached. This is not about friendship. Mm-hmm. And what we do in our summer workouts is if guys aren't above the respect line in any way, they're asked to leave that workout. Mm-hmm. So we have workouts spread through the summer, but that's a proving time because when we go to camp, everybody knows that everyone in that room finished whatever the designated number is, let's say 20 workouts. Yep. And those workouts, like at, at Aquinas, our signature was the bleachers. Mm-hmm. At Grace, it's the sand pit. Mm-hmm. So we do a regimented workout. It starts, you know, with us sounding off together. There's a, there's a lot of regimen in everything we do. We go through our lifts and do those things. We might do some field work. And then we end in the sand pit. And, and we've even, I think sometimes, you know, in terms of building internal toughness, a thicker skin, I mean, those guys, that's our signature. Yeah. You know, we have to bury them in there. You guys yeah. have to be puking. And you know what? <laughs> our guys take a lot of, there's value and pride in that now. Mm-hmm. Some days we'll just have the seniors lead it. Those will be some of the hardest days. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like we've that. set that up. And I'll tell you, the first year at Grace Brethren, we asked one of our star players to leave the workout. Mm-hmm. Didn't like his attitude in the workout, go home. Wow. So, so that doesn't count today. And then he you had know, to come and buy that back in, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we, 
you don't, you know, then we have passing leagues, which are competitive, which, which I, we try to do, you know, a bonding weekend and a passing league or maybe something to pa- pass a Robles or something like that or do those games in the past. Sure. You know, really, I started doing that with your event, with, with you and your dad, what you guys put together there, which was so powerful. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, to our camp week, which is a huge bonding week, um, we've done overnight weeks. You know, and I should call it summer camp at this point because with rules, we do it more in the summer. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really a blend of, of what I would call military camp, football camp, and church camp. Uh-huh. We have a ton of rituals. You know what I mean? Our guys are up in the morning mm-hmm. in formation. Um, we have hut drills and different things we go through. Nice. But they know they're going to be scrutinized during certain times in that day heavily and even attacked. And I think the fact that they know that that's why we're there. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the purpose. We're breaking you all down. We, our parents do tremendous support, but we ask them not to communicate with their kids at all. Mm. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, so it's See, and I was going to ask if Amy and the kids go to this, but no, it's just strictly team well, coaches. Our parents. Yeah, we can go and help serve a meal. Okay. And, yeah, but that's okay. it. And it's just okay. like a, bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. We, we want them to be cordial and respectful to parents, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, you know, what will happen is if you create a funnel for them to go and air their grievances, that's the exact energy going to be used to bond with the brotherhood right there in the team. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the guys breaking down together, going through those hard times together. We have a tremendous coaching staff. I'll tell you expert coaches and, and more than now, more than ever, but always, the guys I've coached with, during that week, mornings are crazy at nights. I do a lot of devotions, mm-hmm. but it's really our team of assistant coaches and senior leaders that create that bond. Mm. I, I mean it. Our, our, and it's always been that way. They're the guys. We ask the assistant coaches to be accountable for their group, to get buy-in with their group, to build relationships with their group, without making an excuse, yeah. show empathy, do all those things. Um, the coaches that, that God has brought with me, I mentioned Jeff McCarthy. Yeah. You know, Nick Matheny, now a head coach. Yeah. Jordan Bruzig at Aquinas. Yes. Um, Brian Burkfeld, you know, right now kicking butt at Big Valley. Yeah. Um, Dave, yeah, it's exciting. David Schuster, a guy I believe in, who's now at, at Mission Prep, and Dan Lombardi, who's coaching in Los Angeles. Those guys are all head coaches now. Yeah. And then tons of assistants that have been with me. So I'm thankful because what I'm talking about with the values buy-in, one thing I learned from Coach Brooke is don't make one excuse for a coach. Mm. The coaches better hold the line harder than the players. Mm. And yeah. the times I've made compromises with coaches, you've seen it ripple to the, the, the team. Yeah. So our coaches have, have bought in and our coaches – do things the right way. And I'm thankful for those men. Like right now, this is the first year going into this year that I'm, I'm not a coordinator right now. Mm. I have an offensive first time Louis, Louis Zelli, who's just helped me build this program. And a one dials, a tremendous expert. Um, and, and again, we have a great staff, but, but going back then the season, you know, we really feel like, and, and during that camp, as I mentioned, the morning, the night, we have rituals of prayer, we really enforce how we're going to walk on the field, how we're going to walk off the field, right. how we're going to win, how we're going to lose. Those mm-hmm. are all topics that we're really 
those are topics that are, are more important than the win or loss. This is how we're going to do it to represent Christ and our brand. Yeah. You know, this is our brand. This is who we are. Josh, and I remember also, I remember watching you guys get off the bus at Aquinas. Do you still do this? Two by two, in formation, walking together. Nobody's talking. Nobody's looking around. They are focused and dialed in. This was game day, right? You're getting off the bus to go go play a game. I'm just talking about your your mindset and getting these boys bought in. Is that still yep, part of the yep. deal? Our guys at Grace are come in single file, actually, but the okay. regiment is the same. And I'll tell you, the connection between the workouts, but really between camp and game day. Mm-hmm. Amy and I were talking about it. Our guys have three different sets of clothes just for game day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Listen, Wait. we have a game day dress at school. Yes. When they, when they go into the locker room, they put on their travel clothes. Yes. Then some of them have a, a set of clothes for the walkthrough, and I then we get dressed to play. Awesome. Oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, Amy, Amy, Amy how are you coordinated? Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah say, Amy, do you how? coordinate and help with picking out the clothes? <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Well, every once in a while, I'll ask my opinion on a couple shirts or something, but no. I get to wash and make sure they're all ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so do well, you? Okay, okay, you have to wash the clothes. No, wow. please, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, that's a no. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so all the things that I think a lot of people from the outside would look at and go, "This is just too much. It's tedious. It it really is invasive. It's time consuming." But again, I learned. I, I saw what Dick Brewer did, and in some of those ways, again, being in a, a private Christian school, I knew I could take some of those things further. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew I could. Again, it's not just in, in the you know, the Bible talks about unity as much as faith. So a lot of these things are how we're creating unity, how we're handling conflict. Mm. Um, so you, t- you asked about coordinating the outfits. Our senior leaders typically pick what we're going to be wearing the next year. I like awesome. that. You know, yeah. So those are the things, um, you know, and the mentoring of those, ca- like my focus is always on the seniors. The seniors take care of the rest of the team. Mm. That's just the way it is. And I'll tell you, the, bo- the younger boys are actually excited when, let's say, the older guys, you know, challenge them or give them some extra duties or make them what we'll call pay their dues. Yeah. We definitely don't want hazing as part of the program, but we explain to guys there, everyone does pay their dues coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these guys are only going to ask you to pay them because they pay them. Yes. And when you get to the top, you're going to know you didn't skip one step. Yeah. No, but it doesn't matter how good you are. If yeah. you're starting as a freshman, you're still cleaning up bags after practice. Yeah, that's what our freshmen are doing. Yep. So the order of things and the regiment of things, I believe, you know, the heart is with what God's called us to do. A lot of the regiment, and I don't know how that would look. Again, I've been in a, a Christian private school all my time. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's things that I think that's there's positives and negatives about being in every environment, and I think you know having our our leadership team is a huge part of what we do. Uh, here we have Pastor Tim Howard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a tremendous asset to our program, you know, at, at, in, in every aspect, but our principles, our leadership, you know, but, but internally, again, those are some of the things, like you'll notice on a game day, our guys will get off, they'll get off the bus, they'll drop their pads off, they'll get in formation, and we'll immediately do a field walk. Mm. And that's really a fur walk. When they break the line, you'll see our guys are all over the field on one knee or two knees 
if the other teams out there will only do the 50, we don't want to do anything to disrespect the other team. But we've been in several games where the opposing team and even coaches have been making fun of us or talking to our kids about how they're going to beat us. And I'll tell you, I've seen often that our kids don't even look at them. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's really what we're teaching them. Yep. You know, this is what we're doing. We're getting focused. We're not going to worry about them until it's game time. Yeah. So now, now Josh, let me let, let me transition. I'll, let me transition to back to kind of the the buy-in now of the community because you, I mean, it's evident you get the kids are bought in, but and, and both you, Amy and Josh, you, when you guys got to Grace Brethren, you guys both felt this is where we go all in as a couple, right? Kind of so, kind of describe that. I mean, all all the stuff, Josh, that you've been putting together over the years, football wise. Yeah. Now, how did that translate into getting the community you were at to yeah. to buy into you guys, or that maybe that you said we're buying into this community, and how did that look like? Well, God has given me a more clear and better vision. Mm-hmm. The mission hasn't changed: go out, make disciples of all men, teaching in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yeah. and praying that people come to Christ. But here, really, I think more than ever, um, it was a community vision. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, there's some things that are really important. And, and Amy, you know, has been an incredible and tremendous support in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I wouldn't even, you know, anybody who knows us will tell you she's the secret sauce in this group. <laughs> I, I mean, I was talking to one of my bosses and I said, if I went to Amy and told her I prayed and we're moving to Iowa, I'm going to become par- farmers. She would probably say, okay. Let me let, let's start packing up. I mean, she has been that faithful. Not that she doesn't give me resistance because she does. But, but knowing that she believes in me and what God's called me to do the, has has really been strength and empowerment for me. So so I'm thankful, you know, and, and again, we saw that in each other. I always knew at home. There was a pillar. It was Amy. Mm-hmm. And so, and our kids would tell you that right now. She's mm-hmm. been that for them. With with what I'm doing in the program, she's doing at home with traditions and rituals and mm-hmm. the things she's doing with the kids. And it's been amazing. But to mm-hmm. your question specifically, the vision here was different. Um, and it really has been impacted going like, what is real win-win thinking? Mm-hmm. How can we build a program where everybody wins? The players win. The parents win at a higher level because... Grace Brethren, part of their mission is partnering with families. That was, it was different at Aquinas. So here, partnering with families, understanding that we needed more resources, we needed more community involvement. We needed to create streams that would become legal streams of influence for us in the community. Yeah. So the the vision was way bigger here. Mm. And, and again, God had brought that through all the experience and going, you know, this has to be done at a bigger level. And I think, again, when the community sees a higher purpose, when you're adding value to the community, specifically how we did that here, we built a youth football program through Grace Brethren Youth Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace Brethren Youth Sports, again, we're a church school, and our church already has youth sports. We added football to that. Mm-hmm. There were some great football leagues in Simi Valley the two other that were here don't exist anymore. Mm. God, and I'll tell you, God has blessed our work because of, I think, mission, 
but because we've been able to, st- you know, there's not a board you elect. Yeah. We have consistent leadership through the Grace Brethren organization, God first. You know, from our pastor, the main thing has to stay the main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if that's not happening, then they'll be talking to me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've had consistent leadership through the youth program. Um, our coaches, they're bought into what we're doing. And, and all of our kids don't come to Grace Brethren High School. But while they're here, we serve them well. Mm-hmm. We really do. We give them a great experience from from our youth leaders to our youth coaches. And a lot. And again, they're winning. And I think God is, is we I think I'd like to say we've been a light in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks to the partnership of mm-hmm. again, this organization, we have mm-hmm. anywhere from eight to probably up to 12 teams. Then add cheer. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many volunteers are making this thing happen? You know, yeah. 50, 60 volunteers. Wow. And some of these awesome. ladies and men are working 20 to 40 hours a week in our youth football program. Jeez. Wow. You know, and so that's been an amazing partnership. And I think even our neighbors around the school, people know that we're, that, that's that's not just a recruiting vehicle. No. They all the time, if this isn't a pure service to the community, yeah. we shouldn't be doing that's, it. That's and, what it is. And that's yeah. not normal, Josh. I'm, I, no. I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. But that that right mm-hmm. there is an attribute to what you and Amy have brought into that community mm-hmm. and how you sustained mm-hmm. it is that people want to do that. Mm-hmm. They want to put in the time because they know on the back end of it, their sons, daughters, the cheer, the parents, everybody, right, is going to benefit from this thing. Mm-hmm. The win-win that you talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. but that comes, that starts with with you and Amy and, yeah. and how, so Amy, give us yeah. a few things of your role in that and how you supported Josh mm-hmm. as he's come in, not just not just taking over the high school and building the, the high school program, but the youth program and the community. What are some things that, that you've done to help support him in that community? Well, I think it first just starts at home. Like I want to, like my ministry is to be partnered with him in his ministry. So I want to support him in any way I can at that level. Um, that's really important to me. Um, Coming into starting the youth program, um, we started summer camps the first year, and I was the camp director and just putting everything together. Um, so that was kind of crazy, but um, you know we've had a hundred kids there on a week, and so you know we're making lunches and and checking in and out and doing everything. Um, so that's fun to be a part of that. Um, you know, as far as the team. You know, sometimes they're over here for dinner. Um, they usually do like a team dinner once a week. So, you know, on a Thursday night or something, the whole team will be over here squeezed into our house and, <laughs> wow. uh, you know, just hanging out and playing basketball and having a team meeting and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways um, and at different stages of life that looked different. You know, with little ones, it's harder to do some things. And then as you get freed up a little bit more, you can jump in in different ways. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we've kind of been side-by-side through a lot of it so and you're you're also the amy's also the admissions director at grace brethren i was just going to say that you guys started this journey together at ambassador same campus getting the job and now and look at this all the way through to grace (laughs) brethren same campus i mean there's something to say to that too as well i mean just when the and i i'm i'm a firm believer and i'm horrible at this josh and amy i'm confessing to you but i've told kareen when they see me they need to see you and I agree with you, Josh, this woman right here has been my rock and it, it would be not unwise, but it would be neglectful to the community and to my program if they didn't know who this woman was and what she did for me. And she doesn't have a, necessarily a, 
a job per se, other than to raise my kids, hold the fort down and be there. But it, I want the community and my football players too, especially to know that we aren't doing this alone. You know, this, this is definitely a team effort mm-hmm. and they need to know who the, the first lady of, you know, whatever school uh, is, is with me and, and allows me to do this. So Amy, I, I, I can appreciate what you do uh, on the back end, not just raising the kids, but then also helping Josh build this community too. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that's, that's awesome. And you guys have been successful at it. You've got five wonderful kids. You've got a great program. And it is just awesome to see what God has done through both of you at, out in San Bernardino and now out in the Valley and I'm sure everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're your ripple effect and your wake of what you guys have done uh, in the sport of football and the lives you've impacted. Coach, Josh, I know that there are going to be young men who are going to do something to this level, and they're going to talk about you the way you talk about Coach Brooke. I guarantee Mm it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's already happening. You talked about your coaching tree already and the guys that are already now starting to impact and go out. I I just can't imagine. And Amy, you too. I mean, this this is a tribute to you is the, mm-hmm. the, the community people and the, you've been there for 10 years and you've seen these kids grow up mm-hmm. and the ripple effect that that's going to have on this community and this world, uh, we, we won't know, right? We'll know, not know on this side of heaven uh, what that has meant. But I just wanted, I wanted to compliment you guys and tell you how much, you know, Karina and mm-hmm. I respect you guys and, mm-hmm. and revere you guys for what you've done. And uh, it's, been, it's been a joy, man, to watch you do this. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we we wanna wanna thank you again for coming on. We got a mm-hmm. few things that we want to get to know yes. the Hendersons just a little bit more. We just have a few get to know you better questions. Yep. You guys ready? Yep, yep. Nothing. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing too bad. Okay, what's your favorite date night? I know we've been quarantined, but yeah. now that restaurants are opening, <laughs> what's your favorite date night? If you can go out tonight, what would it be? What would you pick? You get to answer that one. Uh, our go-to date night is uh, going to islands, sitting on a patio mm-hmm. on a warm evening and just hanging out and talking for mm-hmm. a couple hours. Yeah. Love their tortilla soup. Yes. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a patio. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. else, yeah. she wants to be outside on a patio. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Living in SoCal, we've got that great weather. So, yeah. Uh, what is really quick, what's your game day rituals? This is maybe probably more like with Amy and just the family. Do you guys do anything before the game, like a little routine or then maybe even thereafter, like after a win, do you guys go to a restaurant or what do you do? Well, actually my, I would say our game, my game day routine starts the day before. Um, I feel like God really kind of put on my heart a couple years ago to start. um, I just do my own kind of prayer walk around the field on Thursdays. I kind of have a thing on Thursdays that I do. So I'll walk around each part of the field and just have a different thing I pray about. um, um, I love that. that. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. So I pray for him. I pray for my sons as they're on the team. I pray for, you know, first of all, the salvation of the boys who are in the program, that the program would bring God glory. So there's just you know, things that I try to really focus on as I'm doing that. And we talked about sometimes the team dinners the night before the day of, you know, well, the night before actually clothes ready, the right drinks ready. You know, these guys have specific things that they are looking for. So making sure that's all taken care of. Um, Game day, we have an amazing family. I mean, grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, 
they come from they drive two hours to right. come see the games on Friday nights. So they're coming into town. Um, you know, we have a big group up in the stands almost every week together, which is amazing uh, to have that. Um, you know, Ava's dressed in her cheer gear and trying to sneak down onto the field to cheer with the cheerleaders. Love it. So cute. Love it. His cousins and other friends playing football the whole game. He doesn't even know what's going yes. on. Uh, so Abby's in the cheer section and my boys and my husband are on the field. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. That is, that is awesome. How about post game? Oh, post game. Uh, usually the guys take a while to come home. Okay. Because uh, yeah. they're taking the bus home and everything. Usually the coaches come over, um, just kind of have a, you know, go over Some the game. Yeah. And then I stay up. <laughs> yeah, I usually am watching, you know, if they broadcasted the game, you know, our, our local radio station does an amazing job. So I'll rewatch. I mean, if it's a cool game, which I'll, so many have been, yeah. I love to just sit and rewatch and hear the commentary. And, you uh -huh. know, my boys are out there, so I'm loving that. And then I wait for Joshua to come home and I go over it with him a little bit and talk about it with him and yeah. wait for him to get done. And then we get to hang out. Well, honestly, our community is so tight knit. It's like with the grace thing, it's like the players are one place, the parents might be another. We're here. So, and there are times that we do a, a community party, yeah. depending on you know where everybody goes. Like a fifth quarter after the game, Josh? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. we, we do things like that. It's, and it's really cool. Um, different years, you know, we kind of go with different rituals. But as she was talking, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if I've had a, you know, and now because we don't have kids playing youth football right now, so as we built this program, we weren't after game on Friday nights when we would have, you know, a soccer game or, you know, now they're all three in high school. So William and Abby would have stuff on Saturdays. And those were hard days because we'd have a seven o'clock game or an 8 a.m. game the following day. Oh, wow. But I wanted to reference a moment this year that was so powerful with our community because where we started at Grace and where we are is only a testimony to to God because you couldn't have mapped it. it. Of course, God gave a vision, but I'm telling you, the way God brought community members, I could give you a list of 10 or 15 names. And it was, they were leaders and they brought a following and made the decision to get partner with us at Grace Brethren. Yes. But we, we were at that Oaks Christian game and we were fortunate enough to win that game, but that's not why I'm making this comment. My daughter was in um, leading what we call the red zone. Our whole family was there. Our oldest son, Joshua, played a great game. Our team was, was phenomenal. William, my our middle son, was in and out, you know, and he's on the sideline as a freshman being part of that. You know, Josh is one of the captains. He's talking with the team at halftime along with other the other guys. But it was kind of a, a day that our school and community surrounded our team so much. And, you know, there's a lot of ebb and flow building unity on a campus and, and in a community so that day was rewarding far greater to me than there, there's three or four games that just felt like that like wow yeah you know yeah. i'm thankful to be here god yeah uh, i mean our stands were just packed full of community from the youngest youth to staff i mean it was incredible like just the energy there was incredible and, wow. and, and not at the same level because fohi was a school of five thousand students yes you know, we're a school of 400, but I mean, in terms of all aspects, boosters are on the sideline. Students and parents are cheering like crazy. We must have had, it seemed like 
you know, 80 or 100 Grace Brethren youth football players on our sideline. Wow. You know, and, mm. and so it was just, a it, again, community. Like, yes. wow, we did it. Yes. You know, we did it. And there's always another step. But that was really a moment that I felt, thank you, God. Yes. Yeah. You know, this is amazing. Thanks mm-hmm. for letting me be part of it. Awesome. Amy, really quick, I know that Josh kind of bragged on you a little bit just about being a supportive wife. Can you just share one quality about Josh that you admire about him as a coach on the field? As a coach? Um, gosh, it's hard to pick one. Um, I think integrity is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, he is who he says he is. When mm-hmm. he makes mistakes, he says it and he... Mm-hmm holds everybody to the same standard. Um, but it's, I mean, his passion is just infectious to, to anybody that meets him and talks to him. So the, the buy-in that he can get from people, um, you know, they believe in what he's doing, but they believe in him as a leader. Uh, I think that's one of his, those two things I say together would be his top quality. That's great. So, and you, I mean, just listening to you, Josh, just share your, your culture and your vision for your team you can just you can see that the the passion that's there so thank you okay one more quick question and we'll let you guys go what do you guys like to do as a family together one thing that you like to do is movies or just going out doing something definitely movies but i think a lot uh, we do a lot around food so, you know, Amen. I, they, they're, they're some hungry boys and girls in this house. You know? well, with five, five kids, yes. 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 Absolutely. You know, and and so we, we fortunately, God bless, we have a great backyard. And so being out there together, you know, family traditions, like Fourth of July is coming up. And, you know, my dad and my whole – it's crazy. So my whole family's coming over and we're excited about eating, having competitions, <laughs> and having a lot of fun together. But uh, those are big moments. So, you know, again, around food, movies, uh-huh. you know, sports. And, and I think, you know, together, some, but we all are into working out at some level. Like mm-hmm. us and the boys might be working out. We love to do walks. So there's always yeah. activities, mm-hmm. you know, so we got to be. It's good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Love it. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. Josh and Amy Henderson, we thank you so much for your time and just your heart and sharing your heart. Uh, Josh, I've appreciated your friendship for many, many years. And um, just uh, thank you for for what you do and how you represent not just the game of football, but uh, bringing your Mm -hmm. faith to the forefront of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I just really appreciate you guys. And and we just just pray for continued success in Mm -hmm. your program and in life. Continued health for you guys, and I just love you guys so much. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much for yeah, thank you coming on. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Hey, thank I think you. This is really cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so thank you so much, yeah. guys. Thank you. Yeah, and call uh, us if you need anything. Okay. okay. All, All right, right, guys. Take care. Bye. God bless, thank guys. You. That was Josh and Amy Henderson, a championship couple with championship culture. We'd like to thank you for coming on the show today, and thank you for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can go to our website and sign up to be part of our Booster Club today at www.thefridaynightlife.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you subscribe to our podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes on The Friday Night Life. Thanks so much.